And I'm going to be in a very well-known place in Romans chapter 8. I just want to ask you a quick question. If I asked you where you came from, probably you would be able to tell me, but we'd all have different kinds of answers, right? Well, I came down the street just a little bit ago, or, oh, I came from Oklahoma, or, well, actually, I came from Germany, or, well, you know how I got here. Everybody gets here the same way, right? There are all sorts of answers to that question, right? But I tell you, what you really need to know is that if you're going to answer in truth where you came from, you have to go before your birth, you have to go before your ancestors, right? And you have to go all the way back to before the foundations of the world. That's what the Bible tells us, that we have to go back to a time before time began, when the Lord himself, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit came together, and the three of them fell intimately in love with the idea of you. Each one of you were an idea in the Father's heart. And Jesus said, oh, yes. And the Holy Spirit said, oh, yes, we must. We must find a way to get that one here. We must have a place for that one because they're so glorious. And they're going to portray us in a way that no one else possibly could. What a glorious idea. So you started in the mind and the very heart of God. Romans 8, probably one of the most well-known verses in all of Scripture, Romans 8, 28, says, We know that in everything God works together for the good of those who love him. They are the people he called because that was his plan. That was his plan. His whole plan was that you would be his. His whole plan was that when he called to you, you would hear and you would answer. And that the two of you would have an intimate relationship. Because it says this was his plan, and God knew them before he made the world. And he chose them. (laughs) Folks, you were known, and you were absolutely chosen. There's no one like you. You know, I don't know how many of you have children Or have more than one child? How many of you have more than one child? Several of you. I was so shocked when my second daughter was born, and she wasn't like my first. I have to say, my first has a lot of energy, and I was somewhat grateful (laughs) that my younger one likes books and likes to cuddle and said, but they're so different. But I love them both so much, and I wouldn't trade either of them because they're so unique, and each of them is so wonderful. Well, look at this. One of the things that we know here from this is that he says in verse 31, so what should we say about this in response to this? He says, if God knew us before, if he chose us before, and we skipped a little bit, where he made us right and he 
justified us and he glorified us. And so he says, what are we going to say about this? If God is for us, say it, for us, who then could be against us? This is the thing. We have to get to the point where we know that God is for us. He's not out there to judge us, to bring us down, to slam us down and say, you knucklehead, you can't do anything right. That's not our God. Our God is for us. And if you don't believe it, I just wanna, want you to pay attention to this because this makes me really happy. Verse 31, God is for us. Now look at verse 26 just for a minute. Also, in the same way, the Spirit helps us with our weakness. We don't know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself speaks to God for us. He speaks for us. He's on our side. He's helping us. He's right there with us. It's for us. And now look at verse 34. I was ecstatic when I was looking at this. He says, who can say God's people are guilty? No one, because Christ Jesus died. But he was also raised from the dead. And now he is on God's right hand, right? He is at his side, appealing to God for us. You know, every part of the Godhead right here in Romans 28, it has said independently, this one is for you. This one is for you. He is for you. He's for you. He's for you. He planned for you. He made you. He justified you. And he has now glorified you. And he is praying for you. And he is praying on behalf of you. Hmm. We have to know that. If you don't know yet that you've got the God of the universe on your side, I hope that after tonight it will be something new for you that you'll encounter that every turn. The next thing, what do we say in response? It says, if God is for us, in verse 31, if God is for us, then he goes through this series of all these things. But if God is for us, then this. If God is for us, what about that? We have to get rid of the if in our lives. We have to know that God is for us. And so, what is it that is your if today? Well, if I have cancer, if I can't get a job, if that check doesn't come, if they deny my insurance, if I can't do this, what is your if? He goes through all of these things, and Paul writes out the things, can this separate us? Can this separate us? Troubles, problems, sufferings, hunger, nakedness, danger, violent death, any of those things, if God is for us, can anything separate us from the one who's for us, whose idea it was to bring us and put us right here? Anything? We got to get rid of that if. So we say instead, no, my God is for me. And I know that he has a plan for me, and he will undergird that plan. He will see to it that everything that is needed is provided, because that's who he is, Jehovah Jireh. 
He will also be the one who will supply my health. He is Jehovah Rapha. We know who he is, and that is, is for you. Praise the Lord if you haven't applied who God is for you. Now's the time. This is what we're after. Who can stand against us?